The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. During the summer when the weather gets hot, I can only imagine how much time you plan to spend outside with friends or alone on your couch with that AC blasting. AT&T 5G and home internet keeps you connected so you can enjoy all the summertime vibes. Whether you're sharing pics from a rooftop, video calling your friends from an outdoor concert, or streaming your favorite show episode after episode. So, stay connected to your favorite people and your favorite things with AT&T 5G and home internet. AT&T 5G requires compatible plan and device. Coverage not available everywhere. Learn more at att.com slash 5G for you. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. And welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I'm your host, Ray Harkins. I tried to record a different intro, and it sounded absolutely terrible. So I just I, I scratched it. Just, want, just thought I'd let you know, because I was feeling a little self-conscious about it. Anyways, episode number 60. Our guest this week is George Clark, the vocalist from, I don't know how to define the band, black metal, whatever, <laughs> from the band Deaf Heaven. More on him in a minute. Propertyofzack.com. Great website. Check them out. I don't even know what to say about them anymore because I've been talking about them for episode after episode after episode. And they're just a great website. You need to visit there. I think in about two or three weeks, I will be posting an inter- interview with Zach. And that way you get to know a little bit more about the whole, the whole journalistic side of things. Yeah, propertyofzack.com. News, reviews, everything you possibly want about independent music you can find right there. Uh, go to the show's website, 100wordspodcast.com. You can find recommendations of new music and movies and other interesting stuff you find on the internet. Because after all, you need one more place to check throughout the day. You know, you get bored, pop on in there and go, wow, hey, that's cool. I didn't know that was coming out. I haven't listened to that record yet because that's what I do. I got my beat. I got my online path to education. And so all I'm do, I'm a filter. I am bringing you what I would define as the coolest shit that I find. And essentially, that's all that everybody does. But anyways, and then uh, review the show. Hop on iTunes. Give us some stars if you are feeling so generous. And if you are feeling additionally generous, you can go and write some sentences about the show. It's been a moment. I haven't seen a review in the past like two weeks. I get a little antsy when that happens. Is anybody listening? Ah, I don't know if I actually do that, but... 
like the scream, but I definitely do get anxious where it's like, oh, maybe, maybe people, maybe we've leveled off. Maybe no one cares anymore. Maybe everyone I've begged to do shit for the show is they're done. They're over it. Based off of last week's show, we got a lot of new listeners. So thank you for checking us out. And because of that, we do this segment, I don't know, every so often where I basically, it's, it's a mailbag. This is people email me and sometimes they are interested in having the question answered on the show. Other times we just talk offline and well online, but off of the show. So Nick G shout out to him. He wrote in, I used to love going to shows like the plea for peace, take action tour and any show that had a purpose behind it. I don't see as many shows like that anymore. Is it just me? Has the scene lost its sense of social awareness? Is it a money issue? And so he was curious about my thoughts on that and just the general observations, because I just so involved with this world that sometimes things that other people don't pay attention to, I do because it's part of my job and part to know that stuff. So yeah, the t- well, the Take Action Tour still exists. Hopeless does it. Hopeless Records does it every year. Uh, they pick a new charity. Um, it's changed so much over the years, and mostly just because, just based on the bands. The core message of the tour is still there. That's cool. Uh, Plea for Peace, I think it was just a matter of that kind of just died out because I think the enthusiasm... Because it's not easy to put this stuff together, especially when it comes to a, a benefit, because you yourself have to be putting so much time into it, which is taking away the time that you might be putting into a job where you're actually making money off of. And then if you're doing that, you have to be independently wealthy. I mean, if you're Bill Gates, you can be putting on tons of shows, tons of tours, donating lots of money, because obviously that's what he does at this point in his life. Uh, But clearly, people in the independent music scene don't have the sort of capital to just be like, all right, I'm going to put this out. We're going to do this. So I don't know. I don't I don't think it's necessarily that the social awareness aspect has been removed completely because you look at a band like Rise Against. They are one of the most popular bands that has come from our scene. And they're essentially a mainstream rock band at this point that there could not be a band that's more politically charged than they are. Um, almost everything they do has some sentiment of awareness based around it. They're not releasing a record that doesn't have a political message. Um, and granted, yeah, you could, you know, you could, there's a lot of other bands down the line as varying levels of popularity that you could point to a band like Hostage Calm, you know, they're very politically active. So, and I think some bands, you know, it it goes in waves. There are times where it's like bands are not as willing to put themselves out there because, you know, that can, when you're drawing a line in the sand, when you are a band, uh, sometimes that could alienate a certain sect of people, uh, especially if it comes to, you know, political causes. It's like, you know, you might lose half the room if you start or even more than half the room if you are, you know, a conservative member of a political party and you're getting up there and, you know, espousing your beliefs in a room that might not be conducive <laughs> to those beliefs. Yeah, you know, I just think some bands are, are more protective over it, but I still think it exists. You know, you just need to know where to look. And maybe because as you go grow older in the scene, I definitely think you become desensitized to it, where once you've seen it 10 or 15 times, you're like, I already know about this. I've already seen the table with zines in the back, or I've already seen, you know, the vegan co-op bakery that's showing up at shows. Like I've seen that and you become desensitized to it. Whereas a kid at 16 years old comes into the show and is like, whoa, that's crazy. 
like you look at Warp Tour, they have a huge presence from a nonprofit organization standpoint. Everybody from, you know, the company that I work for, or the organization that I work for, um, to, you know, Clean Canteen, which focuses on people not using plastic water bottles. There's like a million different causes that people can get involved in. So I just think it's where you look. That's basically the, the simplest answer to that question. So yes, there's the mailbag for that. Anyways, before I keep this on too long, George from Deaf Evan. He's the vocalist of the band. I did not know him prior to this. A few people had emailed me asking me to bring him on the show and talk to him. Let's see. I think it was maybe about three weeks before we had this discussion. I got a copy of the newest record called Sunbather. And I mean, it honestly floored me. I was ecstatic about it. And I immediately said, okay, let's, this, this is the perfect time to talk to him and then come to know it. He plays with a dude that I used to play in a band with. I had no idea up until like a day before I interviewed him, looked in the liner notes and said, holy shit, there's the old drummer of an old band I played in. So weird. But again, just shows you, you stay involved for a certain period of time. The world shrinks so much more, especially in the independent music scene. But uh, George was great. I was excited to speak to him just because, you know, sometimes there's these myths about people that get perpetuated, especially from, you know, the black metal standpoint that these people are, uh, you know, are misanthropic and aren't interested in talking to anybody. Clearly, Deaf Heaven does interviews and they put themselves out there in ways that other bands um, of that genre stay away from. I felt like we were able to, you know, kind of put a uh, personality behind the band and not make them so uh, maybe immediately intimidating. But anyways, here's my conversation with George. I will talk to you afterwards. So, um, I start things off usually with just like my own personal experience with, you know, just being introduced to the musical output of, you know, what you're, what you guys are doing. I just remember the, uh, inception of the band as far as like, once you guys put it out there to the world that like, okay, this thing exists, we were putting stuff out on death wish. Like, you know, this is what we were doing for me personally. I just, I, I really like the fact that, like I said, this style of music, what you guys do can be packaged up and presented in a way that might not typically have ever been introduced to your average kid who likes, you know, blacklisted or converge or whatever. Mm-hmm. It just got me stoked. And I'm sure obviously you guys did that intentionally where it was like, okay, this is exciting that we can kind of present ourselves in one scene, but also obviously kind of play above it as well, if that makes sense. I mean, yeah, we, um, I just aim to write music that I find, you know, to be, interesting and, and moving and and I prefer, you know, large soundscapes and, you know, heavy melodies and things like that. I, I feel like, you know, there's a lot of aggressive music that constricts a lot of those elements and or just chooses not to include them. Um, of course, you know, there's a lot of bands that do and do extremely well. But um yeah, I guess I guess just from the get go, you know, we wanted to do something that wasn't, you know, entirely typical, I suppose. Or, right. or, I don't know. We just wanted to kind of just do our own thing and create something that was, you know, big or at least attempted. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, and that's uh, to to me just as your you know average consumer of independent music. That's you know that was the illustration put forth where it was like, yeah. So I was I was excited for that, and I've 
you know, been been interested in what you guys have done ever since. But backing up even further, so were born and raised, were you always a, a NorCal resident? And do you say do you say Hella? Is that is that part of your vernacular? <laughs> I am guilty of saying Hella. It's true. It's and it's okay. It's I think it's I think you're born with it. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, or no, you just you really just learned it because I I did not always live in uh, Northern California. I was actually I was born in Florida, um, in Gainesville. You're hanging out with Hot Water Music then? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, they they uh, they adopted me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe a larger a larger beard you would have had. <laughs> <laughs> would you consider your formative years to be in in, in Florida? No, no, I, I moved around a lot, so I had only actually lived there for a few years, and when I was really young, and um, then moved over to California. I, I've been in California uh, most of my life, but my my family's from the south. They all live in Louisiana and Mississippi, and um, my parents are the only ones that ever. Moved out west. Yeah, and then I, I moved to LA, and I lived in LA for a few years, and then I just moved kind of up the valley and like all, literally all over uh, California. In high school, I lived in a small Northern California town called Modesto. Oh, oh yes, I <laughs> played some shows at Modesto. Mm, the beautiful Modesto. That's um, gorgeous. And actually, I, I will say that. Uh, I met all of my really, most of my really good friends there that I'm still friends with. Definitely thankful for that. And then I moved to San Jose and I graduated high school there. And then I bounced around a bunch of different places and then settled in San Francisco four or five years ago. Okay. Why did your, uh, what was your, what was your family structure like? And why, why did your, uh, why did your parents move around some, or not so much, but why did they decide to leave the South? They met in Louisiana, and my mom was really young. Uh, I mean, I guess they both were pretty young. We're gonna have me unexpectedly, and got so, so, so you were you were a gift to your parents, so to speak. Um, yeah, exactly. And uh, and then, but they were only married for for a couple of years, and then um, my dad moved. I'm pretty sure either him or my mom, one of them moved to California initially for like a job. I think it was probably my dad and then or whoever followed the other just so that we could all be kind of close together. I'm kind of fortunate to, uh, I have parents that are like really, really good friends. They've been, you know, separated almost the entirety of my life, but I think it's because they realize that Maybe they couldn't be married to one another and that they were actually just friends because they talk like every day. And my mom's remarried and all that stuff now, but uh, they're still really good friends. So that, that was, yeah, that, I digress. That's, no, that's, that's really cool. I like that. It's really interesting because, I, mean, uh, I mean, obviously, I think fractured families are just such a part of our generation because, I mean, I'm, I'm 32 and my parents were divorced when I was like three. And I almost wish that my parents were friends, like similar to what you were speaking, just because it was a pretty acrimonious divorce that I went to and or went through. I mean, I don't remember it, obviously, but um, so that that's cool that you were able to witness kind of like what a a healthy dissolution of a of a marriage leading into a friendship. Yeah, yeah, and I think I mean I think that there had to be some sort of differences there, and uh, and. And there's probably, you know, with any relationship that you have, there's always that weird after time where, you know, there's resentment and stuff. But, but these days, it's all good. 
But uh, but anyway, so so yeah, so my mom, um, I lived with her my whole life. And what do they do as a uh, your mom and dad do as a uh, professional folk? Um, my dad's had a million jobs when I was younger. Not a million jobs. He's actually always been involved in like tech. He's he's like a senior recruiter for a tech company, and mm-hmm. that just builds chips for various electronics. And yeah, he like heads up the uh, HR for that, and was a very happy guy. He is a avid marathon runner and Southern blood guy living out in California, and kind of turning into this like modern cool bachelor dude. <laughs> that's aw- that's awesome. Yeah, he's he's actually fairly infamous. Uh, everyone that's met my dad, like, my friends, and all that. Kind of, um, you know, laugh about him. He's he's a really extreme character. <laughs> it's it sounds like it. It's a, what did your uh, what did your mom do to make ends meet? Uh, and then my mom just worked. Um, she would do like office managing, and then in between that, and then going to school. She went to school for a lot of years, like just sitting out and when you're working and all that. You have to like you can't just do it all in one for us. You know, she'd have to do like just a few classes here and there. Sure. Yeah. That was, that was that. And now, uh, and now she is getting you know, her degree and lives a very nice life on the coast. Nice. Well, it's, it, and you're an only child, correct? No, I have a younger brother. Oh, okay. Well, it's cool. It sounds like you obviously have a good relationship with uh, both your your parents and that's obviously at the end of the day what you what you want from a family structure, regardless of divorce or whatever. Yeah, yeah, no, I've, I've, I'm very fortunate. And they're very uh, supportive and, and good. Yeah. Now with them. Do they uh, do they understand the endeavors that you are a part of currently, or are they just like I don't know, whatever George is doing is weird, but so be it. No, no, they are like everything that the band posts on Facebook. They like share it. <laughs> they're like. <laughs> So good, like, almost to like a ridiculous degree. They're very, no, they're very in tune. My uh, my mom has already pre-ordered the record. Uh, <laughs> That's so good. She's very excited, and she anytime we have like a like an article in a magazine or anything, she keeps in. So it's uh yeah yeah. No, they 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 definitely know. <laughs> my dad like to like a ridiculous degree. He'll be like. We just uh, just wrapped up a European tour, mm-hmm. and uh, we had a UK date that got um, last minute switched from Leeds, I think, to uh, Manchester. Mm-hmm. And so we were like pushing it really hard, um, just trying to promote it because it had been like a last minute change. And like, yeah, he like shares that. So like, he like posts a new flyer and is like little like calls me little george my dad's name is george are you the second or are you just little george i'm the fourth you're the fourth yeah dude i'm the third i have a two-year-old son he's the fourth you are i think you're probably one of the only people that isn't like obviously some famous duke or whatever that's fucking awesome i love that yeah yeah, i mean yeah i have the man i have the name of like an 80 year old man george is such an old name oh it is Uh, (laughs) it it makes sense i guess because i don't really meet any georges either uh 
Uh, maybe not like one. Do you like being the fourth? Is that uh, do people? I'm sure comment on that once they find out that you're the fourth. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know if I like it or dislike it. it yeah, it's just kind of it's just you. Yeah, it just makes it sound like just distinguished in some way, which is hilarious. Yeah, uh, it's kind of difficult at like big family dinners, though. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, that's incredible. I I like that though. Yeah. Originally, I remember being like the third and having people always comment and like, oh yeah, you you know you don't have an original name. Like they couldn't come up with a name, so they just named you after your dad. But then the older I got, the more I liked it because it's like you know it just ties you to your family and you're like, well, are you the third? No, like you're just you're the first. Like what does that even mean? It's nothing. Yeah, I feel like I'm gonna, I'm gonna there's gonna be definite pressure to. Uh... I ever have a son for him to be a fifth. Oh yeah, huge pressure. Because by that, by this time, you're like, I mean, you're so far into it that it's like, you better not fuck up, little uh, George. I have a fifth. Is that's that's like a centric thing. <laughs> that's true. I'm last of my last of my bloodline. Though. My brother and I are technically half brothers. Oh okay. So I'm, uh, I'm the last part. Yeah. Then, if I die, we're done. Right. Which means probably going to be done soon. Right. The, pr- the pressure's all on you. I, f- I feel you there because I'm an only child and I only plan on having one kid. And yeah, don't don't let it crush you. You could you could rise above it, George. I'm gonna I'm gonna rise away. I'm gonna get out of it. It's gonna be good. <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm glad that your dad is so proactive in promoting your your lead show. That's I mean, you always hear about parents obviously not understanding what their kids are doing because it's just like oh you know they're throwing their life away or whatever the case may be. It's obviously cool to hear the flip side where it's like not only do they understand what you're doing but they're taking a, a very active role in your musical career yeah 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 they're very they're very proud parents they come to shows and do all that it's pretty fun it's actually kind of hilarious having them like in a back area we uh we played san francisco with russian circles last year we, uh, we played this uh, venue the great american music hall oh yeah and uh yeah it's, which is one of my favorite venues uh and they have this really just big spacious like back area and so like all the bands are hanging out we have like we're allowed to have like all the guests back there there's beer etc uh a lot of etc and yeah and so i brought my parents back there and they're just like on cloud nine you know there's all these fucker dudes around <laughs> yeah they're like hanging out being like yeah yeah we're part we're part of the entourage mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they had me young, so they're they're uh, they're young too. So they're, it's it's kind of funny. They're like I don't know. I think they're they're actually kind of down. Yeah. Like, uh, we we put Chelsea Wolf and the Russian Circles, and my parents like love both of them now. And right. it's hilarious. They're not forcing themselves to like the music. They like are legitimately fans of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah, my mom was like, I downloaded it. Like all like the the, the Chelsea Wolf photography. That's that's awesome. Okay, you're 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 in Modesto. You're obviously going to high school and everything. What sort of kid did you find yourself being? You know, had you already been introduced to music by that point, or what were you? Uh, were you athletic, or what, what were you doing? Absolutely. I mean, it's that it's that stage in your life where music is like your identity. Yeah. Every little thing you own has to have a band name written on it, or white out on like the jam sport. You know, I'll have like a big Slayer on the back or something like that. I was total metalhead dude to a sometimes embarrassing degree. I, I think that's obviously part of the process because you realize, like, looking back on it, you're like, my gosh, like, I was annoying. Well, I mean, I, I had like a, I'm trying to think, I had like a, 
like, like on freshman year of high school, or like, like eighth grade. Eighth grade was like cut off shorts, like the like long cut off shorts. Sure. Like chucks and like a sepulcher shirt, you know, being very, uh, very ignorant. Did you um, did you have uh, like shoulder length hair? No, no, I really have really super curly hair, so I always had like a really short haircut. Okay, yeah, I grew up my hair one time when I was like eighteen. Uh, actually, it was really long, but I, yeah, I have like fucking crazy curly hair. So you're um, like, I can't pull this off. Uh, yeah, it was just like it was just looked like a big tough ball, and like I was awkward enough. You know, I had like the worst skin in the world, and. I think it was like my feet were huge and I was really being awkward. But uh yeah, so I didn't need a big I didn't need a big curling bop to right. be bad. I don't need to accentuate my awkwardness. Yeah, yeah, at all. But yeah, but yeah, so I was like, you know, I just really like Mel. I didn't really get into punk until I guess freshman year. I started like listening to punk, but like my like middle school years that I always thought that you know, it was like childish because I was hung into like deicide and and shit like that. So I was like, you know, punk's not even hard. Like, how did how did you get how did you get intro? I mean, obviously, how did you get to be a, kind of a, a metalhead from that perspective? My first concert, I was twelve. I went and saw uh, it was Morbid Angel, Slayer, and Pantera. I think it was the last Pantera tour. That was your, that was your that was like your first concert. My first concert. Yeah. That's ridiculous. That sounds like a like you know people like to lie about their credibility. Like, oh yeah, my first show. I think I saw fucking you know whatever. They make up some band, but that's that's pretty legit. Yeah, yeah, I, and Static X as well. Oh, incredible! So, you know that they were bringing the new heat. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. I like that. Yeah, no, yeah, it was crazy. And like, all it was was my friend Jared had seen like. Pantera ad or something in a magazine. You know, we're at that age where like it looks when you find out they're like playing, you know, in your town, you're like, Oh yeah, well, we should fucking do that. Right, yeah. You're like yeah. that whatever they're doing looks awesome. Let's do that. That time it was like, I mean God so that was seventh grade. So sixth grade was like death tones and, and corn and like cold chamber and just right. like really, really introductory like new metal because it was like the first heavy and like Metallica and stuff like that but this is like most like like first heard about heavy music sure and uh and yeah so seventh grade and then I go see Tantara and then I see Slayer and Slayer like scared the shit out of me because it's right when God Hates Us All come out and I had these like huge God Hates Us All banners and you know like the just intense strobe and right. fire and all that and, and I was like this is the sickest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, I I am all in on this. I bought Cowboys from Hell because I always thought that like, like you should always get the first record of any band because that's when the band is like they're at their best. You know, I have like that attitude. Like older stuff's better, even at like a seventh, like it's like in seventh grade or something. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We're sitting here. It's like June, and you're like, where has the time gone? And everybody's like, oh my gosh, I have no idea. I got to like accomplish all these other things. Take a moment, focus on the things that obviously for one matter to you, but for two, look back, be like, what have I done? Well, what have I done? Not so well. And maybe I can, you know, ask some friends and family for some help, but where I have always gone to in regards to figuring out what I can do better therapy, therapy is an incredible tool 
at your arsenal that you can dip into. I've done it for my marriage. I've done it for myself personally. And I'm a huge advocate for what therapy can do for you because it is a third party that's able to look at what you can do to improve your life and be a person to help you along in your journey. And so I think if you were thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and entirely suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and then boom, you're done. It's great. And then if you're not vibing with the therapist, you can switch it at no additional cost. So take a moment, reflect on the things you've done, reflect on the things you want to do, and visit betterhelp.com slash Ray today to get 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Ray. High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at highfivecasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Wow, dude, you were you were like uh, you were a hipster before hi- hipster even existed, right? <laughs> yeah, I've been a for a very long time. <laughs> I love now, I love that. Obviously, that mentality is absolute bullshit. But totally. at that time, so I bought like Cowboys from Hell, and then I had just heard that Rain and Blood was the first like was the the record to get for Slayer. So I bought that record, and God hates us all. There's like a new one, and the cover looks cool, and. Um, whatever, and then I bought Morbid Angels, uh, Gateways to Annihilation, which is still my favorite Morbid Angel record, and it's so crazy, because I remember at the time just thinking, like, this is really extreme metal, like, I guess it's like death metal, and now when I hear that record, it's like doom death, you know, it's like, it's like so ahead of its time, it has crazy doomy riffs that are slow with, you know, just like this tumbling behind it, so that's grown to actually just be one of my favorite records uh, ever uh, by this point. Yeah, but yeah, so I guess that was it. And then I just kind of expanded from there. And then um, and then I think what really did it was uh, I met Carrie, um, our guitar player, when I was 14. I was I was a new kid in school. I had, like moved to a different school in the middle of my freshman year. That's that's really hard. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, I went to four high schools. But yeah, so this is my second high school. And I met him there, and it wasn't like 
I guess there wasn't really metal people in in uh, in my high school, but there was tons of punks, and we you know, we all got along because you know everyone hated the world. Mm-hmm. So I just hung out with all the punks, and Carrie is the one that like introduced me to all of them, and he was super fucking like hilarious back then, man. He had like please like, please, was, please tell me he had like Liberty spikes and no, he he, he never went that angle. Um, <laughs> okay, because it was before skinny jeans came out, so he would just wear like tightest. Like normal jeans, I guess. Sure. And and we yeah we would like we would all do like take them in you know sewing it by hand you know just get you know called faggots by everyone but it's so funny how that you know became popular uh, oh. later because I remember right. yeah back in the day just it's like everything was done yourself so he would he would have that and then he had like a bullet belt and like an XL super faded like misfit shirt and he always wore this jean jacket with a huge Dick Kennedy's patch on the back and like he had this long really straggly hair and just like like Dick Kennedy's was his favorite band at the time and yeah and so I would, we would just chill and uh, he would show me cool punk and eventually I started kind of getting into like like hardcore a little bit but I didn't know that like it was hardcore I, I remember in eighth grade, I bought Satisfaction to Death of Desire, the Hayford record. Of course. And, uh, you know, which is still a classic. Um, and just remember thinking, like, this is slow metal. <laughs> like, I had no idea of what hardcore was. Because I really had no idea about punk or anything. Even. And yeah. So I was like, this is slow metal, but sometimes they do double bass and, like, yeah, it's, it's sick. I'm down. Yeah, no, I, I love that mentality. Like, I mean, two two points you're hitting on that I think are absolutely incredible and so universal. Where it's like, okay, one, the the idea that you know, sort of the outsiders and the outcasts in regards to you know, like you're the music people in high school. Like, no matter what sort of yeah. fr- fringe music you're into, metal, punk, hardcore, whatever classification, everybody kind of bands together and they learn from one another. Like, you totally spread the same music around. Where it's like. I remember hanging out with a pop punk kid and I was like super into Earth Crisis Strife and Snapcase and then he gives me like Vandals and Blink and I'm like oh my god this is incredible but it's like if I didn't have him he I would have never probably been introduced to that and it's like I probably wouldn't have been you know a more well-rounded music individual if it was yeah. because of that you know mm-hmm. the second point you're hitting on yeah you you do start to build off of one another's kind of identity in a way where it's like you're showing each other you're being supportive because at the core of it is just music, and then the classifications don't mean anything to you. Yeah, it, it, it's it's almost it's so much nicer not knowing what you know music is. You know, almost like it, it's it's so nice to not hear something and like immediately dissect it into like a genre. You know, like <laughs> I really would love like a slow metal section at a record store, and like you know, hate breed to be in it. Like that's incredible. It's like the best classification. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, yeah, the whole thing was I just had no for a reference. So then, like, I would show him a Hatebreed record, and he'd be like, oh, this is, like, like this is what hardcore is, and, and, like, that, you know, that kind of thing. And we, like, we both were, like, really into uh, AFI, and, like, a lot of, like, there's a band called Scattered Fall, where we grew up, who was, like, this mm-hmm. uh, death rocky hardcore punk band, and we would just go see them all the time. And then doing that, like, there was so many punk shows happening, like, and we were, like, being 14 or 15, doing, like, Toxic Narcotic and stuff like that. Like, there was just all these punk shows that I just naturally got into it. I was always still really in the middle, and I would show him and, you know, other people different bands that, like, 
even to this day, he, like, can't get down with, like, the newborn gear and shit like that, which is, like, like my freshman year of high school and, like, sophomore year of high school, I was just so into, like, Kramerfilt and, like, Magalfar and all these, like, symphonic, cheesy-ish, you know, like, black metal bands. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're, like, total European metal that's, like, a whole different world removed from anything that was happening in the States. Yeah, so I, I, mean, I just, I, I love shit like that, and, and like, I'm not saying like I claim to know much about it. I was, it was just stuff I remember listening to, and then uh, and then yeah, mm-hmm. on my 16th birthday, because um, I started because of like punk, getting into like The Cure and like Bauhaus and, and Joy Division and stuff like that, and being like, this is cool because I started like really feeling the whole like death rock vibe, and mm-hmm. so I was kind of getting into that too, and then. On my 16th birthday, Carrie bought me uh, both of the Smiths' greatest hits. Uh-huh. I'd never heard the Smiths before, and uh, oh. and you know, I and I'd love the Cure and, and these types of things. And I was like, I'm gonna listen to it, and they're like, uh, I don't know, it's okay. And then like, I feel like they're one of those bands that you sort of rediscover, you know, when you, when you like kind of know more about like different types of music, and you can like recognize what they're doing and shit like that. And you you totally have to be ready for certain things like you know your your 16 year old brain it's sometimes difficult like you know you put just joy division out of nowhere onto your plate sometimes it's not going to take you know like sometimes yeah but into then but then you're 18 and all of a sudden it's like oh i get it <laughs> yeah and then i mean and then like i'm gonna around 17 17 16 kind of and then really 17 was the year that like i started just digging in music and like like when downloading was first becoming like a thing and you'd have to go on like a like what was that fucking website like like LimeWire Kazaa was it I, is it is either I mean I remember LimeWire being a thing and, and then like uh, Kazaa yeah I think that's what I think that was I never I never used that one but I, I know what you're talking about yeah I think I had that and I had like LimeWire yeah and, and that's when I was becoming a thing so like I just remember being so stoked because I was broke as fuck. So I, you know, I maybe had I had worked one job and for like a summer, you know, but I never had any money. Um, and so I just started downloading and I downloaded everything. And I was just like, I would look in like the backs of magazines at like all the ads and just look at the name and type it in and search it and download whatever it was. Like if it had like cool cover art or, you know, cool logo and stuff like that. And I started finding out about, like, labels and and, and just, like, expanding everything. I, I started listening to everything. Yeah. Really got Well, it's, it, it, it's so awesome when you hit that moment where all of a sudden you feel like, you know, where you have some access, where it's like, okay, I have the ability to check out a lot of stuff. Um, and then, like, that's when it's just, like, you feel you feel like there's no end to what you can discover. Yeah, I was just really hungry, you know, I was like, I think from, like, then to 21, 22, um, recently I, I slowed down just because life has gotten so busy, um, obviously I still listen of course. all the time and check out new stuff, but, like, probably from 22, like, 17 to 21, 22, I just consumed everything, and, uh, yeah. you know, now, um, so I presume... I presume school was not something that you uh, applied yourself towards or like, did you have any inkling of like, okay, I, you know, I, I want to become this as a profession or did once you kind of start getting into music, you were like, I want to try to figure out how to do this. 
I mean, I just, you know, I played a variety of things in different bands in high school and stuff like that. Like, please, please tell me, please tell me your first band because that's usually, it, it, I mean, for one, it has to have a terrible band name, and for two, it has to be something musically just completely inferior to, to anything that you should be doing at that age. Yeah, it was really bad. Oh God. I mean, well, I had one band first in eighth grade, which we tried to be like Slayer, but really, really sucked. And I had a BC Rich Warlock, and it came with a 15 watt red amp. It was like the package deal that you could buy, uh, that you could buy at Guitar Center. And I think it was like the guitar player Slipknot had one, and like Carrie King played one. And I was like, this is sick. It had like the widow headstock. Yes, terrible. Did you actually play a show with that band, or was that just like practice? No, yeah, that was like like you invite all your friends over for the practice. You know that band. Uh, that was called Misanthrope, which was oh, that's a perfect name for it. Yeah, it's a genius name. Uh, you know, I'm happy I came up with that one. <laughs> um, and then when I was 15, uh, my first act, the first band I ever played a show with, was called Fear and Faith Alike. And that is some like really deep knowledge right there. That is, uh, Dude, and that th- that 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 name you could probably sell to a band right now and get them signed to like Rise Records or something. Mm-hmm. That's it's like that name is so relevant right now. Yeah, yeah, it, you know, I, I, I should have been better with my timing. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay though. Yeah, we we played we played a couple shows. We did a two song demo in this guy's garage that we made, like, CBRs of, and we, mm-hmm. you know, sell them at shows, or most of the time just give them out. And so that was that was your first... But that was, and so, like, once you, when, once you started to play, like, out and play shows, was that, like, the bug had caught and you wanted to do that? And did you did you sing in those bands, or were you just doing guitar? What were you doing? Um, uh, for Miss and Smoke, I played guitar. <laughs> and, uh, okay. And for Fear and Faith, I I sang, yeah. Um, oh, okay. I sang like total garbage. I don't know what. I, <laughs> um, yeah, and then, but no, it was never like I, I always really loved it, and I always wanted to be in a band, but like it wasn't like a priority. Like we, everyone had kind of collectively assume that like like we were never ever going to be successful <laughs> you know like it was a foregone conclusion <laughs> yeah and yeah like you know you'd walk around your high school and like put flyers up on the windows and you're like stoked you know and you have this like baby you know celebrity thing that you think is like really tight uh and it was yeah it was just that i don't know but i was i always liked playing music i knew i wanted to do that but like professionally anything I don't even know if it's still like a professional. Right, you're still you're still figuring out because so many people have a conception about once a band reaches a certain level. Oh, you must live off of Deaf Heaven, and like I mean, you work you probably work jobs in between tours, correct? Yeah, yeah. I'm you know the the ultimate goal is to hopefully not do that eventually. Uh, yeah, yeah. I definitely still work. Yeah, I'm just like a I'm like a cashier. I'm like a sure. I'm a really 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 broke ass cashier that like calls in half the time and i hate going to work and i uh i definitely pay for it because i can't pay for anything <laughs> so, like, so so you, I, you, i'm hoping you, that you, eventually i won't have to that would be 
an extreme luxury. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. I find it interesting that you um, you obviously had such a long-standing relationship with your bandmate and that the fact that you guys have been able to sustain not only your friendship, but then obviously coming together musically. Like, that's not easy because so many people, like, you know, uh, some people don't understand, like, how difficult it is to play with a whole band, let alone play with, like, one person and be creative for two, three, four, five years, however long a band exists. It's so hard. Yeah, I feel I feel very fortunate. I think that I'm lucky enough to uh, work with you know one of my favorite songwriters, uh, and he's always been that way. I feel like I remember him like I remember him like junior year of high school playing like you know like explosions in the sky rips and shit like this, and like it's cool. Uh, and it's, it's weird kind of how it worked out because I moved around a lot and stuff, so we would like kind of not talk for a while. You know, this is where I'm like. 16, 17, 18, and then, like, randomly, we started hanging out again, because, like, I saw him at a party, and I was like, oh, shit, and then we started kicking, like, all the time, and then, like, I moved to San Francisco before he did, and I, like, got this house set up, and then, um, I was like, you should come live with me, and then, uh, so he came out, and then we started jamming, and then, uh, you know, and we played in bands together before, and stuff like that, and, um, we just started writing what was what ended up being a death heaven demo. And I was like, we should just record this and have fun and not play shows and just put it up right. free online and, and see what happens. But there was never any intention of like success or whatever. It, the first time we, right. time we got put on a blog, we were like, holy shit, like someone listened to it. This is sad. Right. 
certain bands start for certain reasons, i.e. once people have figured out a way to make a living off of independent music, that's when you're going to get an influx of kids being like, oh, wow, I can make a living off of my band, so I should start one. Um, but you always, you know, those bands sometimes end up being very short-lived. Yeah. But then it's like, you know, you, you see, obviously, like how a lot of the bands that, you know, you guys are friends with and you live in the same, you know, musical world, um, it just starts from exactly what you're talking about. Just that, like, oh, whatever, let's do this. Like, because I enjoy creating something from nothing with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, I, I, I would hope that you wouldn't start a band to be like, let's get fucking huge. You know what I mean? Like, or, or let's start off like wanting to be a rock star. We, right. we always kind of went into it with like a pessimistic attitude. So, yeah, I mean, not that we didn't like care about it. Like I, you know, I remember like posting on message boards and stuff like that and just saying like, I love this, like check it out, like all that. And, uh, but yeah, I never had the intent of like any sense of mild success. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, like, and I can't yeah, so every- go into it like feeling optimistic. Being in a band is like you're one in, you know, however many. Like, you're like there's like one in like ten thousand chance that you're gonna like do anything, and then what you and if you're playing any type of extreme music, after you get that chance, like it's not really gonna do much for you. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> I, yeah, th- every, this isn't every dude I know in a full time touring band like either crashes around at friends' houses when he's home or like lives with his parents or does what I do, which is sleep on a couch. I mean, and <laughs> obviously, you know, I mean, I don't give a fuck. You know, as long as we're doing this, I want to get bigger and do better and do more. And, you know, you know I figure. It's not gonna last forever, so while it's here, I want to do the most of it, and that's why you know we fucking tour Japan and Russia and all this. You know, like we've been to Europe three times in the last like years. I'm just like hungry to do it. Sure, sure. Well, and that's that's a that's a good feeling. It's like once you've once you've obviously tasted some level of quote unquote success, which in your mind, like you said, is like literally putting out a record and playing in front of people. Yeah. Um, once you get a taste of that, you're just like, oh, this is like like you said, strike while the iron's hot. This is great. Uh, like I just want to experience this rather than viewing this as like your sole source of income. I mean, yeah, I could, I, you know, because I mean, if it ever were to be, that would be crazy. You know, I can't even imagine it. But right. until then, like, it's just fun, and like, I have fun doing it. And playing the basement is fun, and playing a huge fucking stage in front of thousands of people is really fun. And putting out records is really fun, and getting to write and record is so much fun. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, it's, it's definitely work. Since things really started picking up, I feel like we, you know, bust our ass and done, you know, quite a bit in the short time we've been here. And I want to continue to do that. Um, yeah, well, because you, you know, yeah, you above all, you don't take it for granted, and you appreciate whatever stuff comes your direction good or bad it's like you just you, you take it all and it's like this is part of the experience exactly it's just uh, like uh, it's, a, it's a thing that i'll probably you know look back on and be like well, that was awesome it was work and there was you know, it gets stressful as fuck sometimes but you know, it's the best job in the world right right because not every not everybody gets to experience that and that's that is the reward in and of itself because it's yeah. a unique experience yeah yeah i mean 
the first U.S. tour, your first West Coast tour, like anything. It was huge. Everything was, and at the time especially, it feels massive. I'm, I'm feeling it right now. I, I felt it so many times during the course of this thing that we had, um, bubbling excitement, you know, like, first time we heard about we're going to Europe, it was like, this is fucking crazy, you know, first time, you know, like, when we got, the, when we got the email from Death Wish saying, like, we'd like to put this out, I was like, what? You know, I was so confused. <laughs> You're like, why would you want to invest in this? Dude, I seriously, I was like, we had played, like, four shows, and he was like, yeah, we'll put that out, and I was like, cool, yeah, yeah, all right, well, what happens now, you know, and I'm feeling that now, like, <laughs> Sunday, they're just, you know, I mean, it comes out June 11th, but it's pretty much out now, and, and we're doing pre-orders and we're shipping and stuff, and I'm feeling that, like, you know, I just want to know what's going to happen next. And, and Yeah, you want to look what's around the corner. It's exciting because you've, you know, you've you've put yourself out there from an artistic perspective, and now you get to kind of reap the uh, input from everything else that's going on out there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and, and, and I don't take any of it, you know, for granted at all. I, I feel like I feel like every band at every level should always have something to look forward to and be excited about while at the same time appreciating, you know, every step that they are essentially granted. Yeah, it's it's so tough to re- like retain that uh perspective. I think no matter what you're doing um because obviously the idea of, you know, success is such a impossible thing to define because you're always going to desire something more and then once you get to that spot you're going to be like oh that's it okay let's look for something more um but yeah ultimately to kind of just like soak in those little moments of whatever it is you're experiencing and being like wow like like stepping back and being like this is this is something i could soak in for this particular you know night or particular review or whatever mm-hmm. yeah i mean 100 and and it's also like the biggest change that projects is death heaven. Yeah. The biggest change that it's done for me is also like getting an inside view and kind of, you know, things seem really monumental and then they happen and you're like, wow, that was awesome. But then you're like, you know, yeah, you just have that buzz again. And you're like, oh God, it really wasn't that crazy. I could do way crazier than that. Like, like when, when we went to Japan and played with like Sun and Godflesh, it was like, fucking crazy and there's Boris and Envy it's just like this insane like mini festival seven bands and and I remember thinking like this is so fucking crazy and then you get to see Godflesh and you get to see Sun and then the show's over and you're like you know, those are just regular dudes doing regular things like it's it's cool like I remember thinking like when I wasn't in a band seeing tours announced and stuff like that and being like that's a dream. Like that's that's like the best tour ever. Like that's crazy. I would, you know, I would die if I got offered something like that. And then you do that tour, you know, that's in your head and you realize it's not even like that crazy, you know, you want crazier, you want bigger. It's fun. And and you know, like we're saying, I don't expect it to last forever. I mean, if it does that'd be cool, but you know, while we're here might as well just push right soak in it i'm kind of um no 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 i i no that's i i'm I'm forcing you to ramble i also i also think it's interesting just because me myself like i definitely like i said i was cut from the you know hardcore punk scene Mm -hmm. um and you know grew to appreciate a lot of other musical genres mostly because i worked at an independent record store and it afforded me the ability to you know check out everything that i was interested in Mm -hmm. um 
but it was it was really interesting to watch that trend um and obviously the trend still continues within the idea of obviously like you know how black metal has become more uh, accepted within the sort of hardcore kid community so to speak um and i i use i use that term loosely because there's still a lot of kids like you put a agalock record in front of them and they're going to be like what the fuck is this oh. um but you know they're like people are more i guess open you know it's like with, with cobalt kralis like all these things that it's like uh, kids have the ability to understand that music a little bit easier because it might be packaged in a way such as exactly what you guys are doing where it's like yeah you can play with boris um, but then, you know, you have played with Ceremony or Blacklisted where it's just like, oh, like I can kind of wrap my head around that because it's not these, you know, crazy looking guys, you know, doing uh, exhibitionist art and cutting themselves or whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you've noticed a lot of feedback from that perspective of kids being like, oh, I've never listened to a band like you guys, but you opened me to a new world or, you know, or some some variation of that. Totally. No, absolutely. I mean, I think it's really, I, I think a huge part of it is is the internet, you know, there's so much being pushed out and, and sometimes it, it makes for fickle listeners, you know? Um, but at the same time, there's people that just wrap themselves in everything. And so like, so suddenly things don't seem so separated. You go, you go to a website and you have like this record and, you know, you have like a, like a quest record and then you have like, like a ceremony record, and about that, there's like a yeah, like an analog record, and this website is just reviewing all these heavy records, and we're being exposed to all of them, and have naturally grow to like it. I think, I think that's a big thing, and I think it's also, I think it's also making it so that people are, you know, combining uh, genres, you know, and then there's all this like melting and molding, and, and it's gotten to the point where people are irritated with creating genres, you know, like like. Don't call it that. Like, just don't have a genre for it. I hate all these people that pick genres. Blah, 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 everything is becoming so melted into each other because we're exposed to so much stuff. Like, I remember when like Iskra was like the only band that I had ever heard labeled like Black and Crust, and I was like, <laughs> Black and Crust, like that's that's fucking sick. And I was like eighteen or something, and I was like, this is tight. And and now that's like a total common thing. You know, like, no, like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a million, you know, quote-unquote, black and crust fans now. You know, it's because you're just being exposed to all these different things at such a high rate that you can learn to take them and, and make them work with one another. I think it's yeah. yeah, it's really it's really interesting. You know, there's so many creative bands coming out. Um, yeah, no, it's, it, it, it's cool because, it, yeah, it definitely is inspiring because you you look at it from the standpoint where it's like, I look at myself when I was, you know, uh, whatever, 15, 16, 17, uh, you know, granted that was like, you know, whatever late nineties when the internet wasn't as pervasive as it was. And like, I, like we were talking about earlier, I don't know if I would have been ready to hear certain bands like that, but then it seems like we can question the authenticity of kids liking certain bands, but it's like, you know, your average 16 year old kid, he's listening to Justin Bieber. He's listening to Kesha and he's also listening to Newfound Glory. The palette, it's massive. Like, it's its almost tough to wrap your head around. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. And, and, and the downfall is that I'm sure there's a lot of cases where, you know, it makes for a fickle listener. How could it not? Like, especially with, like, losing touch with physical music. It, like, that is what, like, all almost all my favorite records are from when only get it by buying the CD. And it's because, like, I would wrap my head in it and, like, 
read along to all the lyrics while they were just laying in my bed, like going through CDs. You know, so 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 that's the downfall. It's you're having such a high volume. But then I really believe that you know the generation now is used to that, and so it doesn't. You know, there, there's some that it doesn't necessarily affect, and they can take time to listen to everything and like really enjoy it. I mean, I know people, everyone that I know at the desk job just like literally plays albums back to back to back. Like, and you get to, you know, I think to a certain degree, you still get to soak up music. You're just soaking up a, a lot of it. And um, I, I don't think, you know, I think overall it's a positive thing. I think, you know, yeah. you, know you could go back and forth. You know, about it all, you know, all day, but I, I think that music sharing and, and, and people, you know, getting exposed to everything is, is not a bad thing. And, uh, you know, you can say what you want, but there is, you know, musical merit to, you know, top 40. You know what I mean? Like, there are mm-hmm. producers that are, like, making those songs that are, like, themselves great musicians it's so difficult i feel like to write like a pop song you know so if if you if you can appreciate that and like pop punk and and then that segues into punk which segues into you know hardcore and all these you know sub sub genres that's cool yeah no i it's 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 definitely positive and i I think it's like i like the fact that you look because i mean obviously deaf heaven is totally a target in regards to the idea that it's like okay you guys aren't authentic. You, you know, don't live in a forest. Whatever label that people put on you, um, you know, as we joked about earlier, hipster metal, which every fucking interview asks you guys, like, hey, do you feel comfortable being a part of that scene? Um, and it's like the fact that you yourself can obviously retain the positivity of being like, like, okay, whatever. People will throw their stones. This is this is great that what kids are are experiencing so many different genres of music because it's it's just as easy to become immediately jaded especially from your perspective if a vocal minority is just sitting there talking trash on what you what you're creating you're always going to have people that don't like what you're doing i mean big fucking deal right (laughs) especially i always look at it from the perspective if you don't have people that aren't enjoying what you're doing you're really not doing something that's kind of worth creating because you should be making stuff that people don't like Uh, you know yeah like carrie and i have talked about this before it's like you know at the end of the day it's still important enough for you to have an opinion about it and that says something you know what i mean yeah i feel like you could easily for sure you could easily just brush it off and, and not care but I don't know. I mean, I try not to be jaded. I don't think I'm jaded. It gets frustrating sometimes, like, if you read, you know, your own press and, and or you just, like, you know, do some dumbass Twitter search of your name or something like that, and someone doesn't like you, but they have, like, the most ridiculous reason, you know, like, something that doesn't make sense. I'm like, oh, come on. But sometimes people just yeah. generally don't like us, and they have a totally fair opinion, and that's all good. I mean, I don't care. Like, I'm Right, but if pe- and if people, but if people look at uh, you know a press photo and are like, oh yeah, these oh, the- he's wearing an overcoat, I'm uh, not into that. Yeah, I mean that's just dumb. Yeah, I mean it, it's true. It, it's I don't even get it anymore. I remember at, like, when it first started coming out, me being like, hey, why are people tripping off what I look right now? Like uh, whatever, yeah, okay, yeah, I guess it's a thing. And then it like for some reason really became a thing. The whole thing's just been sort of you know, confusing. In terms of like inauthentic or like these terms like like you know like poser like I remember poser in like 
seventh grade, that's what you fucking called people because you thought you were tight. You know what I mean? Like, and sure. then, and then like I never heard it, and then I swear to God, in the last like two or three years, it's like there's this resurgence, and there's like the people that like are so quick to write you off. Like, you can have a conversation with me any day of the week. You want know, to talk about heavy music, and and I am sure to very easily keep up. Sorry, I have you know a short haircut, and I don't look like an asshole. term that your parents are using and like they they fully understand the concept behind it that's when you know it's so ubiquitous it's meaningless just like the idea of the word punk like what does that actually mean at this point it's 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 lost its sort of original relevancy and it's you know it's it's part of the ether it's part of our culture now and that's you know that is what it is but yeah it's it is a it is a very dismissive term and like I, i like the i like what you're saying in regards to the fact that it's it's easy to put a band like yourselves in a corner from a critical standpoint just because you don't want to take the time or the effort or whatever reason of actually not of checking out the art that you're creating and it's like that's just it's easier it's easier to do that than it is to invest the time in it and it's just unfortunate but you know you're i think you're doing you're obviously you're obviously doing the right thing you're like you said you're rising above it not not concerning yourself because you're comfortable with what you're doing oh yeah i mean i mean yeah it's ridiculous and the, the actually the funniest part is that it's becoming like like i've seen like younger kids talk about it like like hipster metal is like a thing and it's like a it's not like a negative thing it's like a positive thing like embrace <laughs> the term like it reminds me of this thing i i read um about Mogwai when they were first getting called like post rock and they're like, What the fuck is this? Like <laughs> right. they called post rock. Like that doesn't even mean anything like post rock. And now it's like, you know, it's totally acceptable and I fear that in like four years, you know, you're gonna start saying like <laughs> you're gonna start saying like spin reviews that say like it's your metal band, blah blah blah. You know, yeah. Like, because cause you see the word post rock written all the time. It's not even a thing, but like when it was first happening, people were like, you know, the guys making that music were offended. You know, they just yeah. Like, oh, look at the look at the word emo. <laughs> Same <laughs> sort of thing. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. And that's yeah, another fine example. And then you know, eventually it all just get embraced, and I just want to stay away from it. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I think that's 
I mean, from everything that I, that you guys have done from that perspective, it's just been like you you don't engage it. You just exist. You do your thing. You tour with the bands that make sense, you know, either friendship wise or sonically or whatever. You don't force the issue. Yeah, you exist. And I think through that existence, it shows your own ability to kind of rise above that and not in like a shitty way, you know, Yeah. which is that I, mean, I, I think that anybody that gives your ba- you and your band, you know, 10 minutes worth of your time would be able to pick up on that. And that's, you know, that's a great thing to do. So good. So good job. Way to, way to not fuck up, George. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Sincerely. Yeah, no, no, no problem. Well, I won't take up any more of your time because we could probably talk for another seven hours, I think, but right, like probably right up to you go on stage, but I won't. <laughs> okay. I definitely enjoyed the conversation. All right. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. Gave you a little bit more perspective on uh, where they were coming from today, as in Death Heaven. Uh, like I said, they have a new record out on Death Wish. Check it out. It's called Sunbather. Even if it's not new when you listen to this show in like 10 years, the record's called Sunbather. It's really good. Hopefully the internet still exists in 10 years. <laughs> or podcasts still exist then. Visit propertyofzack.com, 100wordspodcast.com. Go to Twitter. You can find us there at 100 words podcast you can also email the show 100 words podcast at gmail.com you can be included in a mailbag segment on an upcoming show that's all and until next week thank you very much peace out The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Trust me in saying that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all of the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. High Five Casino Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings.